This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. All right, guys, we're here with Michael and Chris. How are you guys going? Good, thanks. Very good. Excellent, mate. Beautiful day, winner's day here in Sydney, Australia at the Shot Expo. What did you guys come for? Tell me what you're going to buy today. Are you going to buy anything or you just came for have a bit of fun, have a look? A bit of both, I guess. Um, we're we're H-licensed owners, so we're going to be looking at the um, handguns and the pistols more often. But overall, there's going to be gadgets and gear here and... We may be looking at long arms accessories down the track, so it's a good it's a good day to have a look at a broad range of products. Yeah, same here. Like with all the equipment, gears, sunnies, besides uh, the pistols and rifles and all that, like backpacks, camping gear, and all that stuff, all the fancy gi- uh, gadgets and toys and stuff like that. Yeah. You guys are brothers, I'm guessing. You look exactly the same. Yeah, twins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah twins. <laughs> yep. All <laughs> right, mate. Is this your first expo or what? Yeah, this is our first expo. We've been invited a, a few times, but because of work, you know, we don't, we don't have much hours to go for free time here. But this is our first time, and it looks it looks pretty impressive already. Absolutely. What are you going to buy? You got anything planned to buy today? Maybe some ammo if there's good pricing on it, yeah. and um, gears for the uh, pistols. We're in G17 Glock, so we'll see some um, if they got some special stuff on. Yeah. How did you just get into? Did you only do pistol shooting? You don't do rifles, and how did you get into it? Oh, long story. Our dad wanted us to go military, and we we went to police. We went to police school, but um, then we had to go engineering in in college and all that. And then our family back home, they're um, they're pretty much with armed forces or the police force. And we said, you know what, we'll we'll uh, take the we'll take a handgun course, see how it goes. And then from there, we just fell in love, yeah, with the, with the with the sport shooting community. So yeah, it's uh, it's undescribable, but at the same time. It, it's like a manly thing to do, but if it's not manly, I don't know, holding a firearm or shooting a firearm, it's, it, it's undescribable sometimes. It's, it's, got a, it's got a thrill when you, when you shoot. Yeah. And I don't mean, I'm not stereotyping here, forgive me for this, but I've got a lot of you know, Asian friends too, and yeah. they said you are talking about the military and stuff like that, and the parents can be pretty strict. So are, you, are, you, are your parents, is your dad into it or anything like that? Or? Oh, they're, pretty, they're pretty cool about it. They're open. It's, as long as we're enjoying and having fun about it, that's, that's, that's the bottom line pretty much, yeah. But they're cool. Like, they've got no beef with us and all that. So as long as you're enjoying it and have good intentions behind it, like as in sports and stuff like that. So it's... It's all good, all great. How, how long have you been shooting anyway? Just under five years now. The first two years were obviously our um, training years, but the last three years we've been been shooting at the range at um, St Mary's. So, uh, yeah, we're getting better and better as the day, as the years and months go by. And then hopefully we, we'll try, we're going to try out IPSC, which is a shooting event, pistol shooting event. So, so do you guys plan on, planning on getting to rifles? What about things like, I mean, I do it all. I'm a pistol shooter. I go hunting, rifles. I mean, God, there's so much. I, I can't even keep up with myself half the time. Are you guys thinking about things like that or...? Yeah, down the track. Yeah, it's just funding at the moment, funding stuff like that. Time, That's funding and time is the um, the ultimate barrier for us. But when we when we get there, obviously the planning is going to be done. 
Well, I mean, you guys are engineering men. You should be raking in the cash by now, no? Uh, yeah, we <laughs> just bought a truck. That's why, yeah. All the funds went there instead, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, interesting point, especially, obviously, you guys doing pistol shooting. You know, obviously, the laws around pistol shooting, you know what went into getting your pistol license quite onerous. Do you think it's, do you think it's right? Uh, do you think it's too much? Would you like to see, you know, because obviously, when people look into getting their pistol license, it takes, you know, 6, 12 months to do the, all the stuff. It is quite arduous for some people. So, would you like to see a reduction or what do you think about the process in general the the process the the, the fundamental procedures what the you know the firearms registry the poli- the um, police part and the, the club part it's all I think it's pretty adequate now sometimes you, you go to different clubs and then they'll have you know a few months shorter or a few months longer and some people may not want to get a handgun course because it's they got to jump more, you know, jump more hoops and loops just to get that license compared to the long arms. But I get, I know where the regulations are coming from because fire the especially the handgun um, arena. It's you got to be more detailed or even take even more consideration because it's. You know, obviously, they're smaller in size and... I mean, we've got, as you guys know, we've got barrel length restrictions. You can't shoot over 38, as you guys know. I mean, wouldn't you guys love to own, like, you know, 40 cal, 44, 45 for different types of activities, different types of disciplines at the range? I mean, you know, I don't really see how, you know, 9mm, for an example, is any any worse than a 44 or 40. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I know... Come on, you love one. Yeah, they took the fun away. That's it. <laughs> they took the fun away. Mate, for, I guess another question is there's always a big one for uh, me too, big one for me too. Do you guys, when you go voting, do you vote for a uh, you know, pro-gun party or are you staunch? I mean, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but if you, if you want to, you can. But right. do you vote for someone that's pro-gun that actually going to look after your rights in pistol shooting or are you wary at on that? Yeah, of course, of course. We, we, we're always looking for uh, pro-gun supporters because I think they know more than the actual thing that gets out of, out in the media. So they know all the details or they know what's happening in uh, real time. So, yeah. And what, what changes would you like? Would you, if you had to pick any changes that you would like to see, for an example, you know, is there anything in your mind that you look at with regards to laws currently at the moment? Uh, it's, I would say probably being too restrictive on the restrictive side. Anything you'd like to see changed? Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of things that can be said. Mate, anything can be said on this podcast. That's why that's the beauty of Australian Hunting Podcast, mate. You can say whatever you like. Our point of view, I think it's a little bit too strict, but um, I guess it's it's all about the awareness. If if the public and the civil community sees more of the firearms field in a broader sense, like as in hunting and sporting or even in the professional realm, yeah, the, the rules can vary, but... Yeah, I think it's more to do with the awareness. If they, if if people are more aware of what's happening, obviously this is a safe country with the firearms regulations compared to any other country globally. But yeah, I, I think yeah the awareness comes in. When the awareness comes in, more and more adaptation of the laws will will um, continue. Hopefully, but I think it should be in that in that track. So so long as you're not gonna not gonna vote for the Greens, are you? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> You're not going to vote for the Greens, are you? No, I'm going to go vote for the Urban Greys. No, I was just joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah, all right. Um, yeah, the Greens, there are no comment on them. Yeah, I'm not going to vote for them, but they have to get into the realm of firearms to understand where the firearms owners are getting at. 
Do you think the SSAA here at these types of expos is uh, doing a good job in dispelling a lot of those myths, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Recently, I think the last year, they've, they've gone gung-ho with all the um, debates, what's happening against, you know, with the, all the other parties in government. But I think SSAA, because we're, we're members of SSAA, and uh, I think they're doing a good job. But, um, yeah, I think they just have more forward momentum of what's what, what messages they're going to get across anyway. So yeah, that's a good sign. So more and more short expos or just even uh, media coverage or even just in the media, like online media sites, just to um, show a little bit more... Um, a bit more political tenacity, what you might say? Yeah, a little bit more political tenacity and, yeah, like, um, you know, obviously in overseas, like in the U.S., their gun laws are, um, you know, grey zones and all that. But here, we, we still have a lot of um, open waters, to say the least. We've got a lot of opportunities and doors opening for us to see what's happening in the next even two or even five years. All right, Michael and Chris, thanks for joining me here. I appreciate you guys' input and uh, you know, sharing your experience and coming to the show, being pistol shooters, and uh, thanks a lot. No worries. It's great to be here. No worries. Great to be here. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, I've just come outside, and guess who we've run into? LDP Liberal Democrats, Senator for New South Wales, David Lineholm. Welcome. G'day, Jason. Thanks for uh, coming on the show again. I appreciate it. Well, we've got a very, very quick run coming up to the election. We're probably going to have the federal election coming up, I guess, sometime soon. We've got the Victorian election coming up. We've got New South Wales. I guess it's an exciting time for all political parties getting involved. Are you guys running in uh, Victoria? Yes, it's, uh, you're right. This is an intense period for shooters to think about their votes. Yes, we'll be running in Victoria, focusing on the upper house uh, down there. We fully expect to win one or, or more seats down there. Then uh, there's the New South Wales election at the end of March. Um, we'll absolutely be running there. We're registered in New South Wales and uh, we absolutely expect again to win one, maybe two seats. And the federal election, we don't know when that's going to be, of course. It's not a fixed date. It'll be sometime between August and May next year. The current betting is after the New South Wales election in May next year. But if something happens, you never quite know in politics, the, the, the date could easily come forward and the, and the Prime Minister could call it early. But whenever it's on, we'll be in it. You're setting the tongues wagging, I guess, with the Mark Latham issue. Now, whether he's going to, and this is my guess, so maybe you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you'd be the first pick for Senator in New South Wales because that would go to you. Whether there would be the numbers to secure a second seat in New South Wales, I would maybe say no. So I'm guessing he might run for the Liberal Democrats at the New South Wales election. Are you going to rule that in or out? Or We haven't really decided what to do with Mark at this point, and he's still thinking about his own future in politics I think you know that there has to be a sort of a meeting of the minds between him and us eventually on this we haven't got into detail at this point his family is a little reluctant to um, endorse his return to politics I think he himself is reasonably keen but it's it's you know still his kids and his wife um, have to be uh, happy about it all. He then has a decision about whether he prefers federal or state 
uh, jurisdiction, and then also whether he'd be happy in the upper house because his background, of course, was in the lower house, and it, it's a different environment from the lower house. You, do, you, you, you don't treat it the same way. So there's a number of questions there for him, and then there's, as you say, there's some questions for us, and um, we're not going to have that many vacancies for um, for electable positions. So whether we want to put any of them, any, any him into any of them, is still a very much an open question. Now it's going to be, and I'm surprised actually in 2018, hotly contested election. We have one nation. Obviously, we just saw Shooters and Fishers Party as well, LDP being registered as well. How much interest do you see in all these three parties? Uh, are you looking forward to it? And do you think you'll get a seat in New South Wales? This is probably the first time we've seen three big parties statewide and nationwide that are going to be running at the New South Wales election. How that will impact the current parties? How do you see that unfolding, say, in March of 2019? Yes, it will be interesting. There's, uh, there, as you say, um, the Shooters uh, seem to have a reasonably secure base. Uh, we've done well uh, in New South Wales, or sufficiently well at least, to win a seat. One Nation's vote is very volatile. The opinion polls can have them up one day and then, then they can you know, look as if they're not holding that. You never quite know how they're going to go. I think the people who support One Nation are not sticky, as we say in politics. They move around a bit, so you never quite know where they're going to land. And, of course, they've had some fairly unfortunate internal issues uh, recently. The good thing about the New South Wales Upper House elections is that there is actually scope for minor parties to win, which is the, the barriers for minor parties in New South Wales are lower than they are in most of the other states, well all the other states really, because there are 21 people to be elected and it's, it's a statewide electorate that's not divided up into regions. So, you know, the last person elected in the last election, for example, got less than 2% of the vote. And uh, that, you know, that's not a very high barrier. So I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, we won't necessarily be cancelling each other out, at least amongst the, you know, the more significant of the, of the minor parties. Are you hoping to go on at the next election? I mean, I've got to be honest, I think you've done absolutely fantastic. I don't think shooters can fault anything you've said about shooting rights uh, in the media. You've been and that's what we want, a bit of consistency. From day one, I guess, to day dot of us standing here at the Sydney Shot Expo in 2018, you actually truly believe what you believe, and that's how I feel anyway, and you've never changed your stance from that day to this. No, well, well I'm a shooter, and I, I believe in freedom. I believe in small government. The idea that you can allow the government to have all the guns and the citizens, the people, to not have guns or to have them seriously restricted is just absolutely contrary to my idea of what government should be. Government should be fearful of the people, not vice versa. And that can't happen if the government's got all the guns and the people don't have any guns. So there's a philosophical aspect to it. Plus, shooting is my sport. I enjoy it. I, I absolutely object to being treated like a criminal in waiting. And I, I take up the issue of self-defence too. I think I'm the only politician in Australia who takes that issue up on a consistent, regular basis. I think it's immoral what's happened in in Australia. As far as I'm aware, there is no other country in the world where you can't even have non-lethal means of self-defence. I I think it's utterly immoral. Well, so what do you think about self-defence, how important that is, David? I think it's very important. We see a lot of people, especially, you know, we saw Jill Maher raped and murdered uh, 2014, roughly thereabouts. We just saw the Eurydice down in in Melbourne, which was an absolute tragedy. We can't even have, you know, any form of self-defence, pepper spray, firearms, batons. The government gives us in means, I guess, the law that says we can defend ourselves, but not the means to be able to defend ourselves. The main part that I've got the issue with, so is that something you're going to be pushing forward again for the future? Yes, it's, it's a, 
I'm the, I think I'm the only politician that is pushing that, that issue. It doesn't seem to be anybody else who says much about it. I think it's immoral. I think Australia is the only country in the world that does this. Uh, certainly amongst the democracies, it's the only one, where you, you can't have anything specifically for self-defence. There's no other country that I know of where that attitude includes non-lethal means of self-defence. And, you know, we don't have very many uh, women getting attacked, raped and murdered. You know, one's too many. One is too many. If, if the women, those uh, women who have been attacked, raped, murdered, um, had something such as a pepper spray, such as a personal taser, such as a knife on their hands, they may well be alive today. And it's, I think it's uh, absolutely unconscionable for our state governments to have made that illegal to carry something for their for the self-defence. It all goes back to the gun laws. Now, why on earth it should be conflated with guns is anybody's guess. But it goes back to the 1996-1997 when they, the National Firearms Agreements specifically said guns are not to be used for self-defence and the state government suggested, oh, well, in that case, we can't have anything else for self-defence. It's got to change and... Um, Frankly, I think uh, there's uh, majority support on my side. I'd like to, I'd like to think that uh, it's, um, it's not only is it um, a vote winner, but it's also you know, popularly supported. One quick easy one, Brian Burston going to United Palmer Party, I guess. Very interesting. One Nation, which is a bit of a shame, really, seems to be imploding onto itself. They don't seem to have control of their senators and have a clear direction. Is that once one good thing about the LDP? Were you surprised at that move? Well, I know a lot about the background to it, so I, I, I was a little surprised, but uh, there were aspects of it that were predictable. Um, the problem with One Nation and also with a couple of other parties, including Clive's party, is that they're not based on a coherent philosophy, they're based on a personality. And in fact, the joke is about uh, One Nation is that it's gone from being Pauline Hanson's One Nation to being Pauline Hanson's One Person. The, the difficulty Brian had, and anybody else who's in One Nation, is the party's policy is what Pauline says it is. There's no philosophy of small government or low taxes or, or less regulation or something like that, such as we have. They have to work it out issue by issue. That makes it quite difficult for anybody to stay in the One Nation party for very long. And there is quite a history of people departing One Nation under fairly uh, aggravated circumstances. Final easy one. Hopefully people are asking me, is David going to run at the next election? He's going to continue. I know he probably was wanted, maybe wanted to get out for a while. Is this something we can't possibly need somebody in the Senate, even just a voice of reasoning? You're on Sky News all the time. You do an absolutely fantastic job. Anyone that denies that, in my opinion, is an idiot. We're hoping you're going to continue running. Can you put that to bed? Well, I won't be leaving politics. Whether I stay in the Senate or do something else in politics... Um, uh, is still under discussion. I'm, um, I'm not in it for the money. I don't need the work. And it's a very, very busy life. So sometimes I think maybe somebody younger and, uh, and uh, more enthusiastic about late nights and long hours would be better uh, to do it. But then I think, OK, so I haven't yet got anyone that fills the bill, so maybe I have to keep doing it. I won't be leaving politics, I can guarantee that. Specific details about my future, we'll be working it out this year. Excellent. David Lionholm, as usual, thanks very much for appearing on AHP at the Shot Expo 2018. I appreciate it. Thanks. My pleasure. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, 
fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. All right, I'm just at the front here again at the SSAA Shot Expo talking with Matthew and Winter. How are you guys going? Not bad, mate. Yourself? Pretty good, thanks. You? Excellent. Right, what are you guys, what brought you here today first? Guns. They're, they are awesome, I'll give you that. <laughs> Shooting related. Yeah, are you planning on buying anything today or? Yeah, yeah, bought the cash dollars, mate, so. <laughs> what are you going to buy? Clothing, Lighting. scopes, lights. What do you guys do? Uh, hunt, shoot, target shoot, fish, all of the above? Both. All, yeah. Did your girlfriend here get into it because of you? Yes. And what did you think about it? When, okay, when you first met him and he actually came over and maybe it was a, maybe an internet date or it could you met through friends, whatever it was, doesn't matter, and you came over and you said, oh, I, I go shooting, what did you think when he, he first said he went shooting or hunting or fishing and that sort of thing? I was actually pretty happy that I found someone as diverse as him. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I, I had the vision that I wanted to do things like that, but I never actually had people in my life to do things like that with. It opened up my world, really, and it was pretty awesome. Interesting. What do your girlfriends think now that you... Sorry, did you say you hunt? You do hunt, yeah? What do you do when you say you go out hunting or shooting? What do your girlfriends say? Yeah, they don't like it. No, they don't like it at all. Have you lost any? I find I actually lost a few friends over this on Facebook, you know, like people don't like my hunting or they don't like... I do it all, clay target shooting, rifle shooting, pistol shooting, the whole thing. So what do they say to you when they find out you're actually a hunter, either through work or through some of your girlfriends? Uh, the, the, the boss is like, really? And then she gives me a big lecture on, you know, animals and meat and all that kind of bull crap, you know. And, like, my best friend, she understands why we do it and what we do it for, but she couldn't she couldn't get out there with us. So, interesting question with Matthew. What, well, I'll ask you first, actually. So, when they found out, you go, I've met this guy. Oh, he's into hunting. I love that. Did he get a bad rap or what? No. No, no he didn't get a bad rap? Everyone loves him. <laughs> Excellent. So, what about, how long have you guys been into hunting and shooting for? Um, I've been doing hunting and shooting since I was about five. Parents in it? Um, more uncle and grandmother. Um, my old, oldies don't really do it, but yeah, it's been in the family. Grandfather used to do it. Excellent. Now, what about, is there anything, you said you've been here before, Matt, so anything you think they could add to the Make This you know, Expo better, or you think it's good how it is? Um, I think it's pretty good as it is. The fact that this one's meant to be the biggest um, sort of obviously means more people. It's crowds, you know, loot around, so <laughs> you got to try and fight your way to get in. But, no, it's pretty good set out. I like the fact that they've used both the buildings and they've got the outside. Politics is big on, you know, we see what's happening in the media. Everyone knows this. I can already see Matt's face. He's looking funny about it. Um, a lot of different things happening. It was referring to America, no doubt. A lot of fake news out there, etc. of what's happening in a lot of different countries surrounding firearms. Do you guys vote for, do you guys vote for the major parties or haven't hopefully... You don't vote for the Greens, hopefully, but uh, do you vote for a pro-gun party? And if so, do you, you want to share it? or? Um, look, mate, honestly, I usually just throw me first vote straight out for shooters and fisheries. They seem to be the ones that help, you know, the people like us and um, usually you've got to support what way they go about it. Excellent. Now, Winter, this one question's for you. Big thing that's been happening recently, I want to get your, probably back in 2014, Jill Maher was raped and murdered. You might remember this big case in Melbourne. Just the other day, too, a lady was raped and murdered in Melbourne. I'm not sure if you heard about that one as well. Eurydice or whatever, Eurydice or whatever her name was. So people are starting to talk things about being, I mean, I'm not sure how tall you are, but you're a little bit shorter than me because um, I'm six foot three. You know, if you're walking out, you're, you, I don't know what you do for a job, but you're walking out at night, Matt's not there. You know, anything can happen. Do you, do you agree with things like, you know, say, let's start with non-lethal forms of self-defense, carrying a pepper spray, a baton or something that you get a guy the size of me that comes up to you in the middle of the night. I don't think you're going to be able to fend me off just to, just to do you believe in self-defense? That's my whole point. I do believe in self-defense, yeah. yeah. Not obviously, I, I don't believe carrying a sidearm you know around that, that that's not my sort of thing but self-defense 
pepper spray, maybe a taser gun. But, yeah, I, I do believe in it. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's a big thing too because we're seeing a lot of it happen more and more often. And, I mean, what chance are people... I mean, not even just for women, the elderly. We're seeing that all the time, you know, women being... Uh, families being beaten up in the, with an inch of their life. It's obviously a big issue at the moment. It's, it's a hot topic, not only in politics, but I guess in the media as well. And, you know, I'm obviously a big supporter of that. And, I mean, as you said, tasers, pepper spray. I mean, why not? I mean, what chance would you have, honestly, at night to fend off someone of my stature for an example that's exactly right i wouldn't personally i wouldn't i think it's criminal i think it's criminal that women can't defend themselves i really do so i believe that's one good thing america does have you have the right to protect yourself your family and your property I mean, as you said before about carrying a sidearm, I think, I don't know if Australia's, I mean, I support that, but I don't know if Australia's ready for that yet. But I mean, even non-lethal forms of self-defence for start. I don't think it should be just women. I mean, you know, what is if I come, even I'm a big guy, what is if I come across, you know, six dudes, what am I going to do too? I've got no chance. I mean, I'd rather have half a chance with a taser, pepper spray, baton, or yeah, something like that, just to give me at least half a chance to get out there. But the government talks about ideas, but doesn't give us, they say I can defend myself, right? But they don't give me any legislative measures to be able to do that. I can't carry a pepper spray because if I do, I'm going to be in court and I'm probably going to be in prison for carrying a weapon. The Australian government seems like it's too wrapped up in the way America runs. Yeah, I agree with you. So what are you doing today? Are you going to head in, buying some stuff? Are you heading? I'm going to be in one of the shows, check out the cooking shows, a lot going on today. Yeah, mate, definitely going to go back in now and get a full good browse and buy a couple of things. Excellent. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Matthew and Winter, thanks a lot. No worries, guys. Thank you. Thank you. The Australian Hunting Podcast is the only hunting, shooting and fishing podcast radio show in Australia. With over 40,000 downloads per month, you are sure to find some information that can help you. If you love hunting, shooting, fishing and a little bit of politics, the Australian Hunting Podcast has you covered. To listen, check us out on iTunes and visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. All right, guys, we're here at the Beretta booth with Clem. How you doing, mate? Thanks. Good, mate. How are you? Excellent. I'm looking at this awesome ticker T1X. Looks fantastic. I'm a big ticker fan. Pretty much all my rifles are ticker. Bit of a ticker whore, you might say. <laughs> mate, I've been waiting for this to come out. People are telling me, you know, early, mid-June. It's now June. When can we get our hands on these beautiful little suckers? Yeah, so as you said, it's a beautiful rifle. I mean, uh, it's hotly, highly anticipated. Thanks for being a fan. We are expecting these to come into the country finally by July. The reason that had a couple of delays, I mean, originally we did say June, July, and we're at limit of, of our promise uh, of July. But basically, Ticket just did not expect the level of demand that they got. So overnight, when they launched this uh, at SHOT Show uh, in January, they got 13,000 orders pretty much overnight. They expected a yearly total production of about 10,000 in the first year. So as you can see, already day one, they're overstretched. So we're getting the first about 120 units by the end of July, which is nowhere near enough cater for what our demand is. You will see that in the shops it's still quite difficult to get a hands on one, but after the first shipment we will start to see a steady flow of guns uh, coming through. Well, hopefully I'm in that first 120 shipment. You don't know. Mate, first off, tell us about it. What, what's different? Why did they bring this one to market? All right. So, Tika, the reason that they haven't brought a rimfire to the market for so long is because they've been thinking about, first of all, how to deliver outstanding value and outstanding accuracy, which is basically what Tika's claim to fame is on the centerfire. Great value, great price, great accuracy. In the end, what they decided to do is actually utilize a lot of the componentry and machinery of the Centerfire platform. So what you see here, it's a Centerfire stock, it's a Centerfire trigger, the bolt, the action, everything is basically a Centerfire, but reduced with spaces or brackets or something that, that 
basically uh, stops the travel of the bolt and things like that. Now, obviously, the bolt itself is miniaturized. It is rimfire. The diameter of the barrel is rimfire, but everything else is uh, basically a centerfire. This doesn't seem like a heavy barrel or sort of a light barrel, does it? It sort of seems in between. Why did they go with that method, do you know? Yeah, correct. So the Ticker MTR, which is uh, what the official name of it is, it's a multitask rifle. So they've decided to go for a medium-weight barrel to suit everybody, whether you're going rabbiting or whether you're going target shooting or whether you're shooting cans in the farm. It's great because uh, the overall weight is 2.2 kilos, which is quite light for, uh, for a rifle anyway. So it's not bothersome to carry, and the extra little bit of barrel diameter just makes it easy to keep shooting for a long period of time without it uh, heating up unnecessarily. Absolutely, and what are they going to come in? I think this one looks like the... I had my heart set on, and I've already got a, a 22, and this one's in 20-inch, which does look pretty good, but I think I've got one in 16-inch. Tell me you're bringing those in too, obviously. We are. So we are bringing them in 22 and 17 HMR. The 22 will have the option of a 16-inch or a 20-inch. The 17 HMR, we decided that we simply can't go too short in the barrel because it requires the extra barrel for the velocity so we've kept it at a 20 inch but all the configurations are coming threaded and they come with that muzzle thread cap over there so um, it'll be uh, nicely covered if you don't actually use it. Are you bringing in just as many 17 HMRs in this first shipment or is that going to be for second subsequent shipments? Look I have to be honest with you we only got serial numbers a day before the show uh, uh, pack up or setup time uh, came, so I didn't have a close look at uh, the actual uh, breakdown. But in general, we order about uh, double as many 22s as 17 HMRs, which is uh, the current demand in Australia. How long before they come into the country? Just so people, I guess, gives them a bit of an idea. So firearms come into the country, I guess they come in some sort of container, I guess. How long before they come in? Uh, will they be shipped out to, say, you know, stores to be able to sell to customers, or is that a long process in itself, or are the guns already in the country? No. It's actually a really good question, and thanks for asking, because a lot of the times we get phone calls from customers saying, where, where are my guns? You guys promised me this. Now, you, now you're late. And a lot of the delays are not caused by us. So as I mentioned, we got the serial numbers yesterday. In an ideal world, uh, we have import permits. Our supplier has export permits, but due to some uh, bureaucracy uh, over uh, our end, it will still take about three to four weeks for us to apply for a specific import permit for these serial numbers. And then we're actually air freighting these to avoid any delays. But generally we would do a sea freight. So a container takes about two and a half months to arrive from Finland. After which uh, we receive it into our warehouse, but customs needs to come in and clear it in our warehouse. And that can take anywhere from two weeks to four weeks, depending on how backed up they are, until we can actually start shipping them out. Once they're cleared, it's a one to two day maximum turnaround for us to get it to the gun shops. Is this one going to, at first, obviously it's coming in, looks, obviously it's a blued barrel. Is that going to come in in a stainless in the future? Do you know or not sure or what's happening with that? Yeah, look, Tika has definitely announced that uh, they do want to make it uh, available in more configurations. So stainless will be coming. I can't tell you when because I just don't know. They're struggling with production demand as it is on blued. So it would be silly of them to uh, increase configurations uh, without actually meeting production capacity. Clem, I'm also looking here at the bolt and the bolt shroud. Are they going to be normally on those? Those ones on the old, I think, what am I, Ticker T3, so they had a plastic shroud. If they want to put an alloy shroud and a new bolt, will that be interchangeable with this new rimfire system? Yeah, absolutely. So being that it is based on the centerfire, all the T3X uh, parts are interchangeable with the T1X. So bolt shroud, obviously, uh, bolt handle, they will have aftermarket and, and oversized bolt handles uh, that they can uh, 
put on there. Third-party accessories also work quite well. The other thing to note is that the recoil pad on the uh, T1X isn't the same as the uh, T3X recoil pad, so you can actually upgrade that uh, directly uh, at the shop for a uh, smoother feeling uh, shooting experience. Yeah, I mean, it is a 22. I mean, I don't know how much recoil you'd need from that. <laughs> no, you're right, but uh, the option is there for you, uh, as well as the grips. They're still the same modular system, so you can upgrade your grips. You can get a wider forend, just like the T3X. Mate, well, I guess one last or two last questions on this uh, threaded barrel. Why did they decide to, to go with the threaded barrel? I guess that would probably be for the UK, Europe market? Yeah, correct. So uh, UK, US, uh, many parts of the world uh, that are not as archaic as uh, Australia, they can have uh, suppressors and, in fact, encourage and sometimes legally require uh, sound moderators for uh, even rimfires. Uh, whereas uh, in Australia, obviously, uh, the only thing you can really clamp on there is a muzzle brake uh, not that you again need it for uh, a 22 but uh, hey the option is there for you Clem to finish off mate is there anything I mean first off I guess tell us what brands our bread are actually dealing uh, in bringing uh, these products to Australian customers yeah so we actually have a stable of about 30 brands uh, a lot of them are uh, the Beretta holding companies so Beretta owns Seiko Tika Burris Steiner Frankie Benelli I'm sure I'm missing something and apologies <laughs> of course uh, Beretta uh, obviously we also have uh, oh, Victrix is another one that is an example of something that's been recently acquired by the Beretta Holding and immediately integrated uh, into all the distributors uh, around the world. Another great quality uh, rifle. Apart from that, we have uh, our subsidiary brands uh, that we uh, license distribute in Australia, like, for example, Sportia or Cellular and Bellow Ammunition or um, the Outdoor Connection, Fox Knives, Outdoor Edge. We, we, we have a lot of different brands. <laughs> There's so many, you just can't remember them all. I don't blame you, actually. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm, I'm looking physically what I can see, and there's a few blockages, but another great brand is Aimpoint, which is uh, the red dot sites. Uh, uh, we've actually got a VR virtual reality set up here at the show, and uh, we will eventually take it out on the road and give people the uh, true Aimpoint uh, experience. Yeah, mate, people love new products, obviously. So what is new coming out? Because I remember in January, they said they were bringing the ticker out. I was so excited. And I thought, oh, yeah, it'll be three to six months. Then I, I got let down again. They say it's going to be June. Now it's July. I'm like, I just want to get my hands on. And I may not even be guaranteed to get one of the first shipments. But uh, what new products do you have coming to the market? Because shooters love new products. They love these scopes. They love shooting. What else is coming up? Absolutely. So, look, you're right. Manufacturers, they tend to launch products and then uh, there's a long lead time before uh, they actually arrive anywhere. And it's especially true of firearms. But uh, we've got here the Tika T3X Special Edition, which is something that we've... uh basically created ourselves with the factory which is a t3x and then we've added a few components like a a special muzzle brake and uh, soft touch grips and a few other bits and pieces to uh, just add value to australian uh, customers we've got uh, some new victrix rifles we've got the frankie horizon that uh, we previously launched and now kitted out with scope and and mounts and slings we've got some new products from beretta which uh, are really nice like the uh, sl3 uh, shotgun and uh, 486 mark newson which is not exactly new but uh, always a nice treat to see out here on display what else do we have new let's look around ah we've got a lot of new products from uh, Sarko the carbon wolf we've got here the black wolf we've got uh, the don't yet have the TRG 22A1 but we do have the Finlight 2 which is probably one of Australia's best suited rifles for especially deer hunters but any stalker really but it's a um, ultralight rifle without being carbon fiber and obviously without having the price tag of carbon fiber but with bedding premium accuracy and uh, a great rifle there's a question i wanted to ask too about since me being a bit of a ticker fan what's the most popular selling rifle of all the ticker products you sell do you know that one yeah absolutely look it still remains our ticker light i mean it's it's an entry level the ticker platform but it's not an entry level in terms of performance it's got probably the best 
value for money because it's uh, close to $1,100 uh, at full retail price and you get Tika's 1MOA uh, three-shot accuracy guarantee. You get a great performing rifle. You get the best center fire trigger that you can get close to anywhere near that price point and uh, you are really getting a Seiko heart in uh, a Tika brand. Absolutely. I noticed too that everyone keeps asking me, and I've wondered this myself, the CTR. How does it differ from, say, other rifles? Like I've got a couple of uh, super lights. I've got a Tika Varmint as well. So how does the CTR differ from the rest of the products? Yeah, so the CTR is the only rifle, apart from now the TAC A1, which is in the Tika stable that supports a uh, double stack mag. And they've done that because they've milled out the uh, magazine well to allow for a wider magazine. So they're actually using the TRG design magazine. And the original CTRs came out with the steel box uh, magazine uh, for it, which they've since... Uh, uh, made uh, a little bit more uh, economical so they were able to get, deliver more value to the customer. But uh, having a 10-round dual-stack mag, which doesn't poke out 10 inches under your rifle, is uh, a really great advantage for portability. And uh, it also has the medium-weight barrel, which uses the same concept as in the T1X uh, that we talked about earlier, that just gives you versatility. You can take it to the range, you can take it out in the car, you can take it out stalking, and uh, it'll do everything quite well. Mate, I think we're looking at what is over there. Looks like a Frankie camo. Looks like a semi-automatic. Beautiful, beautiful gun. I mean, can you imagine if these were legalised tomorrow, how your sales would just go through the roof? Yeah, yeah, we've often uh, thought about that. And uh, look, it's one of those things that nice shotguns, the case, uh, to look at. They perform well. They would actually benefit uh, farmers and pest control uh, operations uh, significantly. But they are quite limited in uh, requirements and permits and all that uh, in Australia. So we do have it here for display. We do have customers that do buy them. But uh, it's not for everybody. The Ticket T1X series at 8 45, mate. Since I'm the only one that's probably asked you already, I doubt, maybe I'm not, probably not. 8.45, I'm just happy to take this one now, mate, off the shelf. Don't worry about the rest of the customers, mate, that want to come and look at it. Just sell it to me and I'll be happy. As long as I'm happy, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, of course. Well, I have to say that, don't I? <laughs> anyway, Clem, thanks for your time in sharing our products from Beretta. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Australia's number one hunting, shooting and fishing podcast. All right, guys, we're just out in front of here at the Shot Expo with Ethan and Dominic. Guys, thanks. Uh, Cheers. G'day. Mate, tell us, have you guys been to the Shot Expo before? No. Never been before? Never been to a... Have you been to an exhibition like this? First time. First time to the Shot Expo. What are you hoping to... Are you going to buy something today? Uh, I'm hoping to find some stuff, yeah, some shooting accessories. Like what? Uh, Just some stuff for me, pistol. Yeah, your pistol shooter? Yeah, pistol shooter, yeah. What do you shoot? Uh, 686 um, target shooter. Yeah, what sort of disciplines are you shooting? Um, service and Service 25. Yeah, all right. Ethan, what about you, man? I'm um, just looking to treat myself, buy some knives maybe today. Yeah, are you a shooter? Not a pistol shooter, but no, a rifle yeah. shooter. What is, so what do you guys go hunting or anything like that? No, this is obviously a big part of the expo as well, target shooting, hunting. Not as much as we'd like. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all, don't we all? I wish I was probably hunting now. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So what do, you, what do you like to hunt? What sort of animals? Give me an example. What do you go out for hunt where you, when you do get the opportunity? What do you like? Uh, usually pigs. Yeah, big on pigs. What do you should what what calibers suits you? Three oh three or thirty thirty. So you guys, I just found out too before we actually started this interview from Cairns. Yes, yeah, up, up in the nice sunny um, tropics. I was going to say because you guys are rugged up like bugs in a rug here <laughs> with your with your shirts. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's not that cold in Sydney, is it? 
Uh, yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> how long have you guys been in? How long have you guys been in, in into the shooting sports? How long, Ian? Oh, well, we've been into shooting well as long as I've been alive. So. 21 years so and what prompted you to come down I guess all the way from Cairns to I guess there's not one you probably you haven't been to the Brisbane Shot Expo because they do have one they'll probably be closer but what made you just want to get on a plane and come down here today it's I just said to Ethan like let's get out let's get down there and have a look and never been to one and thought see what it's all about and I didn't know when the Brisbane one's about but this one was here and come at the right time so here we are are you a Ethan you a bit of a knife collector yeah, love collecting knives. <laughs> I've got a friend like that too. He love. What is it about collecting knives that I mean, people just love it. I don't mind the look of a nice life too. But what what is it for you that uh, makes you want to keep buying lots of knives and enjoy? How many, how many you got, for an example? Honestly, I don't know how many I've got. I've lost count. Um, I just love the. I just love buying knives. I love having them, playing with them, <laughs> using them. Yeah, I just. Like knives, <laughs> yeah, true. It makes sense. Now, what about? I mean, obviously, Queensland laws are a bit different here. I mean, you said don't you pistol shooting? Yeah. A lot of restrictions around that. You know, you can't have more than I'm a pistol shooter. I do everything. I do shotgunning. Love clay targets. Love pistol shooting. I love my hunting. I like you guys when I get the opportunity. Can't have over say 38 caliber for an example. I mean, would you like to see those 40s, 44, 45? Yeah, become available to the average shooter. I mean, there's a lot of disciplines there that could be used for those types of firearms. New Zealand, for an example, doesn't have these restrictions. They got semi-autos. They have got pump actions. People often want to you know, refer to the United States as being the example, but there's, I, I can give you 30 examples of many countries that have semi-automatics that aren't a problem. So in regards to your discipline of pistols and shooting, would you like to see those open up without having to get some high-cow, ridiculous permit to be able to shoot? What's your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I know what it took to get me pistol license, and I've, like I said, I'm only just new to the sport, really. Um, it's taken me up to two years to get to that point. Um, the restrictions are pretty harsh you know it's pretty onerous isn't it it is and i mean it takes you a lot a lot of people drop out because it's so hard to get to that point semi-autos i've shot semi-autos at the club like you know i mean like you say 38 super and 38s and whatever you know like they're there the only people that really shoot 44s or 45s are that other um western action boys so and i mean i've shot a couple of them and they're they're only just throwing the lead just far enough to get down the range they're not you know they're not high power I mean, even, and you've probably witnessed this too with the, I've done the onerous pistol shooting might be a little bit different in Queensland, but, and barrel lengths, mate, barrel lengths for an example, you know, you take this much, obviously people can't sit on this podcast, but take this much off, it becomes illegal. I mean, it's ridiculous. We can't have these, you know, subcompact type firearms as well, especially being new. I mean, and it is, as you said, it is turning people off the sport because of the, I don't see much of a difference except for maybe being, being more concealable for say, you know, a handgun, but tell us what you thought about that arduous process of having to get your license and do you think it was good? Do you think it's promoting and helping shooters get into the sport? Because I think it's actually the opposite, and it's done on purpose to stop people from getting these types of firearms. Definitely. Definitely stopping people from getting them firearms and stopping people from getting into the sport because the country's gone anti, anti-firearm. anti And I definitely reckon, you know, like, to promote the sport. I wear my shooting shirts, and every chance I get to promote the sport and let people know that, you know, I mean, once upon... I remember driving around when these, these weren't even around... I used to have my gun sitting on the back window of my ute. It was never an issue. You know, why all of a sudden it is an issue has got me buggered. But So it seems to be a bit of a age gap between you guys, not by a bit. Don't worry, Dominic. You, you only look 25. Um, how do you guys know each other? Oh, he's my dad. Oh, he's your dad. All right, there you go. All right, I look like a complete dick now, but thanks a lot, guys. Okay, speaking, a very important one, because I talk a lot about my show about writing to politicians, getting political, mate, because if you don't, you're not going to have any guns in 10 years. That's what I think. Uh, so, one, I guess the first question, you can share if you'd like. I'd, I'd like you to if you could, but do you vote for a pro-gun party? 
Yes. Do you like to share who it is or no? Um, Bob Catter. Okay, Bob Catter. You think he's doing... Obviously, Bob just came down here. I think he did a presentation for the SSSA at one of the uh, AGMs down here. You think he's doing a good job for shooters? Yeah, he is because, I mean, he's been there. He's, he's come from a country background and um, he's always there. He's, he's pro, pro hunting, pro whatever. So, yeah, I'm all for him. What could he do better if you had to pick one thing? I couldn't tell you off. It'll take me a few minutes to work it out. But like I said, he's pro. He's pro hunting, I reckon. Anyway. Yep. What about you? Either you follow Dad uh, when you're voting? Yeah. Well, like Dad, like I, I got turned off the whole pistol shooting thing because it just took too long. I didn't have the time to commit to it. But yeah, no, Bob Catter, I reckon, because he's just all for it. So why not? I guess it's better than the Labor Party now in uh, Queensland, isn't it? You know, pretty anti-gun. I mean, I see no difference between Labor and Liberal. I'm, I'm a bit mixed on that. You know, when I grew up, I'm 37 now, so I was 18. I grew up in this area of Western Sydney, so it was a bit Labor-dominated. My parents were Labor. They were working for the hard-working person. Now it's sort of gone completely to the opposite. They've gone pretty much with the Greens right now in everything they decide to do. But also, too, then we've got uh, Liberals on the other side, for an example, that voted with the gun laws and John Howard got rid of the gun laws from a, cons- a supposed conservative government. So, guys, keep keep doing what you're doing, I guess. You know, write to your politicians if you get the opportunity. You know, don't let up on them. Don't let up on them every opportunity. It's OK to write to, say, Bob Catter because he's already a supporter. It's the Labor Party in government in Queensland that they can actually do something about it, whether they will, but if they get pressure from people like us standing here today, that might make a difference. Bloody oath. Um, like I said... The gun laws, when they, when they first brought out their gun laws, John Howard did, we did the right thing. We went and got the gun law, we went and got the gun licence and it said to us, you know, that was going to be our lifetime gun licence. And then they said, oh, hang on a minute, we changed it, changed it again, now you've got five yearly thing. And like I said, I'm all for having people that register guns and all that sort of stuff. At least you know what's out there. And it stops, you can't say it stops the criminal element. If you want to get a firearm criminally, like you'll get one. Let me ask you a question on that. Very good point. It's not to not to call you on that, but you know, like say say New Zealand for an example, they don't register firearms. They have AR-15s, pump shotguns, not a problem, no mass shootings. Why why are you in support of that sort of model? If it works there, why can't we install it here? Are we, are we I mean, is New Zealand are they that more trustworthy than we? Are? I don't think so. <laughs> Probably are. <laughs> Probably are. I mean, don't what you're saying Australians are less trustworthy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> why? What's the difference? Why? Why Australians? Are, I, mean, I know you're not saying they're less trust, but why wouldn't a system like that work? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about people often want to, don't they? They refer to America. Ah, mass shooting every day of the week. I'll show you ten countries. Different country. We, like I said, we're not America. Exactly. We're Australia. And I mean, you know, like every dad and Dave used to have their old gun sitting like three oh threes. They were everywhere. 22s, they're everywhere. You know, someone had one sitting in the cupboard and, like I said, they go out and they might go and shoot a frigging animal that needs putting down or whatever and go and put it back in the cupboard and nothing ever happened bad. You know what I mean? Yes, there are circumstances where it is, but, you know, overall, you know... Because I always talk to people about the cost of, you know, registration being, you know, several hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars per year you know, around, around the country, you know, in 20 years. I mean, also, I'm not sure if you're aware, Stephen Harper even said, the Prime Minister of Canada, this registry has not saved one single Canadian life. We will abolish it. And that's exactly what he did. And often countries, Australia's one of the last countries in the world, man, to register firearms. Surely we can, you know, make something happen to, that we don't need this, put money into hospitals, roads, other items that we much more better spent than a wasteful, you know, bureaucracy of public servants even, you know. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've got I've got rifles and I've got a pistol. So both things are separate. So it's cost me a lot of money to keep both and, and stay in the sport. And I, I don't do anything else by that, basically, because, you know, you can't afford to do anything else. So anyway. Might be different for Ethan. He might be chasing the women up in Cairns instead of the animals, <laughs> eh? Or? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Nah, fuck off. <laughs> That's all right. Anyway, <laughs> this is a good one, guys. I appreciate it. Ethan, Dominic, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.